Ciao ragazzi and benvenuti to the ninth episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell and I am speaking to you from the west of Scotland, not quite in the shadow of Vesuvio, but luckily for me and you, we have Michele Borelli at Napoli Tickets on Twitter. They're literally in the shadow of Vesuvio in Naples. Michele, ciao, how are you today? I'm fine. Hello, hello guys. Hello everyone. Great. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm surprisingly okay, despite, you know, all that is going on. You would say now, yeah, but Napoli won 6-1. Yeah, still, you know, still. You sound, you sound I'd say, 33% more optimistic, not optimistic, but just kind of more alive than last week, which was, I mean, I feel cruel even getting you on the show last week. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. It's actually, it actually helps me, you know, to vent in a way to process some of the things that happen with Napoli. But yeah, no, I'm actually this week, my mood, I would describe my mood as um, agitated in a way. <laughs> I'm uh, frustrated, agitated and uh, yeah, a little bit uh, angry, you know. Well, you know, that makes for prime listening content. Okay, Maybe. Uh, oh God, I've, I've set expectations high. I think, okay, well, before we get into any of this, um, it's the ninth show. What is number nine on the Napoli Tombola? Okay, number nine is Affigliata. Affigliata, la figliata in Italian, Affigliata in Napolitan, in English. I don't know how to translate that. It would be the offsprings, the children. The uh, kids. Loosely, lo- the kids, loosely translated the kids. It's not 100% correct. It doesn't really convey the meaning of the Napolitan word affigliata. But uh, yeah, the less translated as the kids. Okay. Well, there we go. So the, the kids are all right. That's the song by the Who. Yeah. Um, but are Napoli all right, Michele? Look at that. I am so good at this. Mamma mia. <laughs> uh, and to think, I do this. What a professional. What a I, do this, I do this shit for free. Um, so we got... A lot. We've had a bit of a chat before. There's a lot to talk about, isn't there, And you're going to be um, spitting out some hot takes today, right? Yes. This episode will last six and a half hours. So get ready. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been um, it's it's been a hell of a match. Uh, yeah. A lot of a lot of feelings to process for me. Um, yeah, no, it's been very weird. I'll be honest. I'm still processing. So we talked a little bit before before recording this episode. Um, I'm still processing this. So I'm not sure whether I will, I will change any opinions. I probably will. Maybe not drastically. So I think probably I will change some opinions dur- during this episode. I'm during not, this I'm not, yeah. I so always this do was, that, I, whenever I talk to you, I come in, I'm like, that's it. We have to sack Spalletti and blah, blah, blah. And then I come out at the end of these conversations and I'm like, actually, maybe I need to change what I think about this. A lot of things have happened, you know, a lot of things have happened and uh, um, a lot of things have been unprecedented for me. 
So I've talked to a few people, I've argued, I've discussed with people uh, a lot of different opinions about what happened on uh, last Saturday. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot of talk about, uh, I really, yeah, a lot of new stuff, you know. Um, the game, the game itself, you know, it's probably the last thing I care about, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the actual results. And we um, can, I mean, Okay, where I think we, we should start here is that we've, yes. there's, we have to preface everything we say. Is that there might be things said in this episode that, that you don't agree with, fair listener. And the one thing I will say is that what I love about this is talking to you, Michele, and you're in Napoli and you're from Napoli and you've watched Napoli for most of your life. And there are differences between how people follow a team in Italy, in Naples, than there are to how you follow a team in the UK or in Canada or in America, Australia, wherever you're listening to this, Prague, wherever. And we have to be mindful of that when we, when we talk about this stuff. So, and I think that some of that has come up in some of the reactions to some of the things that were happening outside of the stadium. And so shall we start with that? So, you know, the big thing that I think has got everybody talking was the protest. Um, that was targeted towards the players. Can you just, before we get into what you think about that, can you just paint the picture of, 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 of what happened and when it happened? So, um, so first of all, I want to say, I'm going to say what I think about this. And um, this is obviously my opinion, all right? I What I think about this, it's, Obviously, my own opinion, but it's what uh, it's an opinion which is shared about uh, among many people. Uh, mostly, it's shared what I what I've seen. My opinion is shared among um, the ultras, so people who usually go to many games. I I want to I want to put a lot of disclaimers because I think what I'm gonna say is somewhat controversial, so I don't want to offend people. I don't want to say what I say is the truth. Uh, and I also want to say that what I'm going to say, it's not, uh, it's kind of divisive even in Napoli. So I've experienced this in the stadium. So what I've, my reaction to, to the goals, to the players, towards what happened during the game was not shared uh, among the whole crowd, uh, which was attending the game. So um, okay. This was also somewhat divisive in the stadium. So I don't know how to approach this, like how to, like if to approach this chronologically. Uh, well, let's you know, like, try. Let's try yeah. some chronology. And then I'm sure knowing you and me, Michele, we'll end up talking about, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll talking about Salvatore, Ironica, and uh, yeah. whatever. But um, so the, the so protest happened, that happened. So th- yeah, the protest happened before the game. So as most of you know, Napoli, before going to the stadium, Napoli goes on a small retreat. This is not punitive. This is something that happens before every game, uh, whether it's a European game, whether it's a Serie A game, Coppa Italia, they always go for one night in a hotel. Uh, that's uh, usually uh, in the Napoli city center. It was, uh, it was before it was in Castel Volturo. Now, I think for the last couple of years, they've been going in... Um, 
I think it's a hotel near the central station. I don't quite remember the name of it right now. I think it's Palazzo Caracciolo. Um, it's, that's good yeah, information. If anyone's visiting the city, you want to see the team come out. That's that's good. That's good. It's it's Palazzo Caracciolo. It's very close to the central station in Napoli, and they go one night, just one night before the game, and uh, yeah. So obviously everyone knows this, and uh, you trust knew this. So they went there before the game, one night before the game, and they protested the team uh, right I'm outside. Just gonna interrupt hotel. You. I'm going to interrupt you at this point, Michele. So. By ultras, do you mean all the ultras, or is it just from one curva, or is it? I haven't researched this too much, but I do think it was because both curva A and curva B actually staged protests uh, against, I mean, towards the the players and the club. So I do think at this point it would be kind of irrelevant. I would I would have to look at the pictures of the uh, of the protests outside the outside the hotel to know whether it was um sure and it I was think from the it was from, from a... the curva a um or curva b but both both of them uh both both of them protested so i think most i think probably was curva b but i might be i mean it was for sure it was at least curva b i don't know whether they were joined by curva a too too Okay. But they were for sure curva, curva B, at least Curva B, because they were, I think, the most vocal in this protest. Uh, okay, so they're outside the hotel. This is the hotel that the team always go to. We're near yeah. uh, the central station in Napoli that I'm sure a lot, lots of us can visualize quite clearly. And what sort of things are they saying and how are they kind of communicating that? They are uh, chanting, shame on you. They are chanting, you are unworthy. They are chanting, we are Napoli. They are chanting, go to work. They are chanting uh, all this, all this kind of stuff. And how uh, can you give me in the original language, please, Michele? Indegni, indegni, which means unworthy. You know, just like basic, like very uh, emotional chants, I would say. Uh, andate a lavorare. Noi siamo Napoli. Uh, I haven't heard these chants in a long time. I would say. Last time I heard this kind of protest was, I think, in 2000 and uh, this is this is uh, difficult. I think 2007, maybe. I think right. Napoli finished 14th under Reya. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do. With with Reya, uh, there was there was a sad protest. That was really sad. Like the like the whole stadium boot players even during games, which is really sad. Uh, things Cannavaro, just stagnated, didn't they, from that sort of momentum of, of that was promotion. really that was really strong. Like Cannavaro was like targeted, especially I remember a lot of players were specifically targeted, and uh, there was like I think with the second Serie A uh, season, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, there was really bad. Uh, Reya was uh, was sacked, and we got Donadoni, Donadoni, Roberto Donadoni. <laughs> yeah, he didn't last long. And, it uh, felt like he was in charge for about a week, but I'm sure it was. About I think eight eight games or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, there was there was really really strong, really strong, uh, really strong protest. I I can't remember any protest as strong as that one. The protest we got last Saturday was strong, not as strong as the one I'm referring to, but it was strong. 2008-2009 uh, is the season. If we we finished 12th, and yeah. yeah, it would have been 
we were, we did all right to finish 12th actually because we started even worse so yeah yeah okay yeah, so that's exactly. quite it's quite important actually to compare that to where we are now which is third in the table just qualify for the champions league in comparison to we're a bit of a mess it was looking a little bit like we might fall back into Serie B again so there we go as the sort of connecting points sorry Michele carry on yeah no the thing is that um yeah so the brothers was quite strong this time around was equally strong so we had protests before they are mostly towards the Laurentis usually um so that's why I'm comparing to, uh, last Saturday's protest to the 2007, I think it was uh, protest, because that protest was towards the players. And that, that usually doesn't happen. So the ultras have some kind of credo, um, I don't know how to call this, some kind of belief that you don't, um, you don't support players individually. So you hear trust supporting players as a whole. You support the team. You've heard of trust supporting the Maya, the shirt, you know, only the shirt. You've heard of trust saying solo la Maya. So that's what they believe. You support the club because players come and go, right? So you, they don't support you. You're never going to hear the trust supporting uh, a player in particular. They might have uh, a banner. Maybe for one player, but that's it. You know, maybe for a particular event, they've had a banner for maybe Sari, for example, in the past, you know. Uh, yeah, but but that's it, you know, just one banner and that's it. You know, they don't support players specifically. They're never going to hear um, now. I mean, like in the past 15, 20 years, you're not going to hear a chant for Kulibali or Mertens, you hear Chiro, 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 but those are not ultras chants. Those are chants which come from um, the distinti. They come from the tribuna. Those are chants that come from the uh, more, uh, how to say, uh, I don't want to use uh, wrong words. They come from it, the more irregular fans, let's yeah, say. And, that, and they're, the, they're the stands that aren't behind the goal. They're the stands that are... Um, uh, how do I yeah, yeah, the, the, the long sides of the, the yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's not about where they are. They are the kind of fans who don't go to every game, if you know what I mean. You know, like yeah. they come to, they go to one game every 10, five game, five, six games, which is totally fine. I'm not saying they are not, they are less of a fan. I'm just saying, okay. I'm just saying they are different kind of fan. Yeah, the ultra as a, as a, you know, they, they, you know, they have a mentality. They say so themselves. And the mentality is... So it's about is, the team. It's about the shirt. It's, it's about, about the team and the it's shirt. It's the collective. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's about, yeah, it's about, yeah, it's about, it's about going beyond the result. You're going to see these kind of banners in the curva, you know, al di là del risultato, beyond the result. This is important because this is how you understand the protest, beyond the result. Okay? okay. Keep this in mind because we're going to cover this Later, when we explain the re- the reasons behind the protest, okay. And can I so, can I just jump in because I've just quickly looked up what what the state of affairs back in two thousand eight two thousand nine. Yeah. So I imagine that was around. There was a thirteen game streak when Apple didn't win. There you okay. go. Okay. And there it, it was. It no, there was bad. There was bad. There I remember was bad. it. I remember. So they lost to Kiev. They lost to Rome. But they lost to Fiorentina. They drew against Udinese. They lost to Palermo. That would not have gone down well back then. Oh, there was drew, bad. Drew to Bologna, lost to Genoa, lost to Juve, lost to Lazio, drew to Regina, 
drew Milan, drew Sampdoria, drew Atalanta, lost to Cagliari. That wouldn't have gone down well. So that's as that's really that's a horrendous. Something, yeah. So interesting. Something to should have yeah. That that so, moment in time to this moment in time, and yet the same sort of thing is coming out. Okay, great. Yeah, absolutely. Something something had to be done. You know, at one point, you know, at some point, you feel as a fan, okay, we have to do something. So yeah, no, that, I I remember clearly. 2007, I think. Yeah, right. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Ah, two thousand eight, nine. Yeah. So yeah, so, there was. Yeah, there was. Yeah. So we got the ultra outside the hotel chanting these things to. Yeah, to there the, was to the to the the team as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I, re- I referenced this because again, the ultras never go against the players. It's very very rare, you know. Like they go against the players when when they leave. Obviously, <laughs> when they leave, yeah. like like Cavani did. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, when uh, briefly they went against Cavani because the way he left was uh, yeah. a little bit, you know. I mean, it was like us. I mean, it was a little bit disappointing when he left. Like now, now it's now it's fine. But We're when not he left, mention the name of the person that you're going to talk about. We all know who you're going to talk. Yeah, about. right. I mean, yeah. I mean, we we were We're not going to yeah. say his name. So okay. Yeah, so, right. but now let's go back to go back to Saturday when when the protest happened. So yeah. these similar sorts of sort of against the team chants are coming out. So this is pretty unusual, right? It is very unusual. It's um, yeah. So it was. So what I was when I when I want to mention is. I've talked to a few people about this protest and some people said they shouldn't have done it. Some people said you should have done, sh- they should have done it a long time ago. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. I, I do think something should have, should have been something. Um, they should have done something for Napoli Sassuolo. Um, so this is the part I'm unsure of. Well, uh, okay. So I think I think perhaps now. So we talked about yeah. it before the game, but during the game there was some protests as well. So yeah, let's we, talk about the talk protests. About that, so... And then we can talk about what we kind of think about the whole. Yeah, thing. no, because so... I want to also want to talk about why they did it. Yeah. Because some people don't understand. Uh, maybe okay. Let's talk about what happened during the game, and then we talk about the reasons. Yeah. Why yeah. the protests took place. So what happened during the game was uh, I I I got in uh, three four minutes after the game started because I was busy with the with the tickets obviously and uh, yeah as soon as I got in I I heard all the chants I was talking about so the same chants we, they they chanted outside the hotel they replaced they 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 still chanted inside the stadium so and, okay and that's let's Curva talk, B and that's Curva, Curva B. that's that's Curva B yes that's where I usually go. So let's talk about what usually happens in Kurabi uh, under norm- normal circumstances. So what Kurabi does in a normal game, they to- they chant before before kickoff. They have they chant um, um, they chant about the trust mentality. There's like self um, referential uh, chants in a way. You know, like they talk yeah. about the trust. They talk about um, like. Uh, ultras who have passed away. They talk about, you know, Chiro, for example, who wasn't an ultras, but they talk about uh, Chiro. They talk about, uh, uh, yeah, the police. You know, all this kind of stuff. They, yeah, to- yeah. they don't talk about. They don't talk about the team. You know, they they, they chant about all this kind of stuff. Then when the the, the kickoff uh, takes place, when the game starts, 
they start supporting the team. So we chant about uh, obviously all the you know the the team and the the shirts. We all the you know the normal chants, the, the normal lare, the un sogno nel cuore, and uh, stuff like that. Obviously, yeah. And all the chants we love to to hear. This so was, time, was there any of that this time? Absolutely not. So that's what struck me. That's why this this experience was very unique for me. So this time around, it was exactly the opposite. For the whole game, it was it was exactly the opposite. So the whole game was uh, insults, obviously, against the Laurentis, a lot of them. Okay. It was insults against the players, and it was uh, self-referential uh, chants. So they, they chanted about themselves, they chanted insults against the players, and they chanted uh, insults against the Laurentis. The and when whole... you say the players, do you, do you mean as a group or as a group? Individual? As a group? Yeah. No, no, no. As a group? As a group? As yeah. a group? Of course, yes. So the same chant, the same chants. Uh, they chanted uh, outside the hotel. They chanted inside the stadium. So shame on you. Uh, go to work, which is something in Italian. It's something very common, you know, like uh, andate a lavorare, which is like go to work in a way that's like go find them, something man. useful. Yeah. 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 Basically, yeah. Uh, because this is not something you're good at, at, uh, at doing. That's okay. basically the and, idea and was, behind this chant. And was this specific to Curva B? Or could you this notice is, this? This is specific to Curva B, but this is specific to the central part of Curva B. So uh, as you've noticed, uh, if you watch the game, the stadium was quite empty this time around. And I also want to... Um, I also want to... Explain... So the attendance... Are, uh, Napoli doesn't really release the attendance numbers. I've been questioned about this. And the answer is, I don't know why they do this. I don't know why. I don't know why Napoli does a lot of things or doesn't do a lot of things. My explanation is, I don't want to say my explanation. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I really don't know. It's Napoli is a big question mark for me. I, I think, I don't, I don't even think why. I don't even think they know why they don't do a lot of things. They, they don't think about this. But it's fine. We that's fine. But you, we do know that they released a lot of free tickets to under 14s, right? That was, that was this a is yeah. The, so yeah. So uh, the, the total game. exactly. So the attendance for this game, they claim is twenty thousand. I strongly believe it wasn't. Uh, I think it was about fifteen thousand, and a lot of these tickets were free. So if you if you watch the game, you've seen that the lowest distinctity, which is the part you see on television was mostly full and that part of the stadium is uh, given to football academies in Campania for free so you just ask Napoli the tickets and they give them to you most of this of that section okay so that section is free tickets basically uh, for football academies then for this game Napoli has given free tickets for under uh, 14. So everyone who is under 14 can get a free ticket as long as he goes with a, an, an adult. So if you're an adult, a father, a mother, whoever, you can get one free ticket for your, for your kid under 14. This is not out of um, kindness by Napoli. This is something uh, dictated by law. This is a law, an Italian law. 10 games every season have to have this kind of promotion. Napoli had... Yeah, Napoli, Napoli too, actually. Napoli had to do that uh, last year. 
not well, I mean, now it was COVID. I think two years ago, Napoli had to do that as well. They didn't. Um, I'm not going to say they didn't because they didn't know or they didn't because they didn't want to, but they didn't nonetheless. And uh, yeah, they got sued because of it and they lost. So they get they had to give a lot of uh, refunds. I love it. People, Classic. yeah. And, okay, so, uh, yeah. so we've got so we've got we've got Kurva B, which is singing the songs that you that you've described, and then we've got the two um, stands that are in the, the kind of long ways. They're mostly filled with under 14s with free tickets, football academies, those sorts of things. I'm giving you, yeah, I'm giving you this background also to let you understand that, make you understand that why the stadium was divided, because yeah. if half the stadium is full of families and kids, obviously they're not going to take part in any protest because they don't care, right? I mean, if you're a under 14, if you're a father who got an under 14, uh, if you have a father who got a, uh, your kid inside the stadium with a free ticket, you're not going to take part in any protest, right? I mean, you're gonna, you just want to have a, a great time with your, with your kid. Especially although, you, if you're, although, although you have told me that you did it <laughs> in, in Curva B, there was some <laughs> There's some choice language for some from very very young kids, right? Make yeah, it. you have the you have the occasional exception. I, I was around. I was. I mean, I was in the middle of Kurabi, between the you know, like surrounded by you know ultras and chanting fans, and I was surrounded by some kids shouting abuse at the Laurentius, which was Love fun. It. It's but never too young to start if you're some. Absolutely okay. not. Absolutely not. But yeah, most most of these kids and most of these families, obviously didn't take part in any protest and uh, that's understandable of course especially if the game especially taking into consideration how the game went of course yeah. right i mean you, you score four goals yeah four goals in 25 minutes you're not going to be in a bad mood so that's understandable and then we get to Curva A. So we, I like this. We've gone on a tour of the whole stadium so we, and then we end up yeah. so what what are, what's Curva A doing so, yeah, while this is going on in Curva B, I noticed that Curva A was mostly silent. It wasn't hard to, it wasn't easy to see because Curva A was basically empty for the most part. So it's hard to, it's hard to understand what, what, what goes on in Curva A in any given day because Curva A is very far away. If you've been in Napoli Stadium, you can tell that, I mean, you can see that the two Curva are very far apart. So you can't really tell what is going on. If you're in Curva B, you can't tell what's going on in Curva A and vice versa. So I was really paying attention because I, I, I was paying attention to the protest because I knew that, I mean, protests would have taken place uh, on Saturday. And uh, yeah, I couldn't see any hands, you know, moving. I couldn't see any banners. I couldn't see any flags waving. So yeah, at, at one point I understood, okay, Curva is staying silent. Uh, um, so they stayed completely silent for the first They stayed completely silent for 45 minutes. Then... When the second half started, they showed a banner which said um, 24th of April 2022, Empoli Napoli. Today, it is us who won't honor you. Meaning, okay. you didn't honor us in Empoli, and today it's our, our turn of you know, not honoring you. And, the rest uh, is silence, as Hamlet says. They they didn't stay silent. No, but they didn't stay silent in the second half. Just so they for the stay, first half, yeah. They stay silent in the first half. The second half, they joined, um, basically the Curva B with. Uh, 
I think it was kind of a mix. They did mm-hmm. the usual chants about, you know, supporting the team, but they also did some chants in protest. Uh, I again, it's hard to understand what the chants are in um, on you're the right opposite in the side of, of the stadium. Exactly, you're right in the middle. Yeah, of the court, but, but, yeah, so yeah. That's yeah, quite yeah. interesting. So it seemed like the the protest was more focused in the first half. They were, you were making the point in the first half, and then it got a little bit more mixed together in the second half. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting for me, like the power. I'm the theatre director. The power of silence is so huge you know on stage i work with a lot of student actors and they tend to be afraid of pauses and silences but they can actually tell a huge story anyone that's fallen out with somebody and they're not actually talking to you they're giving you the silent treatment it's an incredibly powerful actually very aggressive tool isn't it to not say something to somebody so the idea of an entire stadium and let's not forget less than three weeks ago 20 days before this game was the Fiorentina game, which we talked about on the show. It was a sellout. As you said, there was this feeling beforehand. Less than three weeks right, later, yeah. you've got, you've got 15,000 people, a large proportion of which are free tickets. And you've got cover A not saying, just silent. And you've got cover B chanting these things. It's a huge turnaround, isn't it? And so I think perhaps a lot of our listeners will be like, how can that happen in less than three weeks? Like why... Are these fans, and I've seen some response, and there's been some good interactions I've had on Twitter with people that, that don't agree. And I, I'm just trying to think. There was I had a good chat with um, with Joe and and a few others on this. You know, we had different opinions, and and Mohammed Salad and a lot of people who I regularly engage with. Um, I think it's it's quite hard for people from the outside looking in to go, how can that happen? Are these people? following the team how does this help the team and for me the answer lies on talking to people like yourself Michele who are actually in Naples and in Napoli and there is a different fan culture right so why why did we get this mixture in the stadium why did we get these protests beforehand and what do you think about them do you think that they were justified so this is the hard part okay yeah. so because first of all I'm still processing this so when I got in I was a little bit taken aback because I again uh when I think when the protest in 2008 uh took place I wasn't there I wasn't really going to the stadium back then I mean I did but like maybe a couple of games per season so I really didn't take part of the uh, in the protest I really didn't understand it and stuff this this time around um I did I took part and um uh, yeah so it was a first for me it's hard to, it's very hard. It's very, it was very unique for me. It was a very unique experience. I'm still trying to process it. And I don't know. So, okay, here's the thing. I fully agree with the need to show some kind of, you know, like, yeah, protest, some kind of sign of discontent to the team. I don't know whether I agree with how they did it. Okay, I and don't do you know. Mean, do you mean the stadium protest? Do you mean the hotel protest? What? What? Are you uh, both. About? I don't know whether I agree with the offensive remarks towards the players. I don't know whether they deserve to be called unworthy, especially because two or three weeks ago they were being praised. So. Um, I kind of understand when it happens, you know, like irrationally, you know, like at the end of a game, 
you are being rational and uh, yeah, things might be said and yeah, it's fine. But this happened a week after Empoli Napoli. So you have time to process Empoli Napoli and yeah, you might be a still a, a little bit irrational, but you, you, you've had a week to, to basically organize this protest, you know? So uh, yeah, maybe, I, I don't know, like this is one thing that I might, changed my mind about but i really liked what kurva did like the silence and the banner like today it's us who won't honor you i like that i liked a little bit less what kurva b did about you know like every after every game i'll be honest i didn't i didn't celebrate and it's not in in protest it's it wasn't a product like i can't control myself that much you know like if i if I feel like celebrating, I'm going to celebrate. It's not like, I'm not going to be like, okay, no, you know, like I'm not going to celebrate because this place don't deserve it. No, I didn't feel any part of my body, you know, like towards the, just, there wasn't anything to celebrate for me. This is something. I, exactly which is, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of kilometers away here in Scotland and I was watching it. And usually actually, I, I felt exactly the same. Like usually I react, I irritate the people around me who I live with because I get very excited when, when Napoli score or they don't score or whatever. But I didn't have, even like when we missed chances, you know, even when um, Sassuolo scored right at the end, which we knew was going to happen because you, you take off our fullbacks and you replace them with fullbacks who are nowhere near as good. Our defence falls apart. Um, I knew that was going to happen, but I, you know, I didn't have a strong sense there. And I don't think that makes us bad fans in inverted commas. And I think that, I suppose, just to bring my perspective, I've always had a problem with un... I don't think anybody should follow something unthinkingly, whether that's a, a country, whether that's a relationship, whether that's... An, I think the moment you switch off your brain, that's when bad things happen. And I think that one of the things that I like about being an Napoli fan is that sometimes the, the fans will say to the owner, look, we're not happy with what you're doing. They will, they will respond to things. And say, actually, this is a two-way street. We are fans of a club and we expect certain things. And when they're not met, we're going to make our feelings known. That's not being bad. That's actually, for me, a much healthier relationship because it's a more equal relationship. It's much more subservient in my mind. You're, you're, you're completely sort of passive if you're just going along and blindingly, blindly following something. And I, I don't think that makes you up. I mean, if you want to do that, that's fine. But I don't think one way makes you a better fan than the other. And I think perhaps there's a little bit more of a critical perspective. I mean that with a kind of big C, a critical as in a sort of you're thinking about, you're problematizing things, you're asking questions of things. I think there's a bit more of that in Italian football fan culture, I reckon. And I don't think that's just specific to, to Napoli, but I, I, I don't know what you think, Michele. I have no idea about this. But the point is, I never thought about this stuff. Like the way I live my Napoli fandom you say is i don't have anything to prove you know like i just support this team i don't have anything to prove to anyone i support this team very rationally whatever i feel i feel whatever i feel like doing i do it when i feel like celebrating i celebrate if i feel like being angry i'm angry i don't have any filter in how i support this team so i don't like if i if i don't feel like celebrating i mean why should i be ashamed like should I feel like, oh, but what, I, what will people think about me? Like, I didn't celebrate, so I'm less than an Napoli fan. 
it doesn't cross my mind at all. Yep. I don't have I don't have anything to prove to anyone. Like who cares? I mean, I, but this it is... doesn't make me any less or more of a Napoli fan. Who cares? Like this is the way I support or don't support. Maybe I don't know. My my team. That's it. That's the way I do. It. That's way I. That's the way I live. This faith because that's 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 what it is. Yeah, and, that's and it. I think. But I think what we're saying a bit here is you now. I love social media. I you know I wouldn't be doing this podcast without social media. I wouldn't have met you all sorts of people through it. But I do think there is something about being on Twitter or Instagram or whatever and having to to be visible. And I think it, it removes some of that spontaneity that you're talking about, about being a fan, that you're essentially saying that you will react to what is in front of you. You will not put, you will not think, oh, I have to be seen to be doing this. You will actually just react to really how you feel. And I don't think that we should criticize people for that. I think that obviously when things become abusive, we can call that out and we have on this show. Um, and I think that that's, that's different. It strikes me Michele, hearing you talk about this, that there's something about the calculated aspect of this protest that you're not 100% comfortable with. No, but uh, the way I also approach this in a way is I usually approach this, um, um, not protest, but um, events in a way, like from, from ultras and fans in general, I try not to judge too much. I try to uh, interpret these things because I want to understand what what happens here, first of all. And uh, you have to keep one thing in mind, and that's important. These people, not me, and again, I don't want to say, sometimes they do, but I don't want to say that they are better fans than I am or you are or anyone is. But these people, and this gives us context, these people were in, were at, uh, in Empoli. These are the people who stayed 90 minutes and more under the rain and watched Napoli lose 3-2 and concede three goals in seven minutes under the rain for 90 minutes. So this is important. You know, this gives us context. Also, more context. And this is important. Again. Um, and these are replies to a lot of people who got in touch with me and said, oh, this protest is too late. They should have protested after the Fiorentina game and after Empoli, after Spezia, after whatever. Okay. So as most of you know, I go to basically 90% of the games. I go to Curva B, okay? After every game, every game, every loss. Do you know how many games have we lost at home this season? I, I don't even want to count because it depresses me. We lost... We lost many, many games, bad games. Guys, we lost against Spezia, Empoli, Spartak Moscow, uh, Fiorentina. I don't even want to count. We lost many games. I think we, bo- we almost broke some, some records for uh, losses at, at home this season. Yeah. Has it ever been protested? Never. You know what happens after we lose at home against these very bad teams and with these very bad protests? Nothing happens. You know what happens? And this is not televised. You know what happens when the team um, has uh, the lap around the stadium after these losses? You know what happens? The Curva B, Curva A, the same fans 
who go to every game, the same fans who have staged this protest and have insulted these players, these this very same fans cheer these players, clap these players, chant support to these players after a 0-1 against Spezia, Empoli, Spartak Moscow, Fiorentina. Fiorentina was a bad loss against the 1-1 at home against uh, Roma one week after the Fiorentina. And that was basically, come on, the end. Milan, same. Yeah. Inter at home, 1-1. You know, like the list goes on. After all these home games, the team has a lap around the stadium to thank the fans and stuff. The same fans clap the team. They stay until they all leave the pitch and they chant with the drums and stuff. And they say, we believe in you. You make us proud. Let's go get this title. So they support them. When most of the people saying, you know, we, they don't deserve to be protested. When most of these people say, ah, this team, you know, uh, you know, uh, they, you know, and that's fine. That's fine. They are sad about their result. The fans at the stadium, they support and they, so that's the context, you know, that's the context. They, they, they don't leave the stadium after the losses. They actually chant support when it's, when in the hardest moment, yep. you know, when everyone is depressed, they chant, actively chant support, you know, af after you concede, after you concede a goal, like a minute, like 30 seconds after you concede a goal, like in Spezia, Milan, Inter, Fiorentina, Roma, Empoli, Sparta, Moscow, they start a chant to get the, the, the team back on track. And you've These said that's exactly fans. what you've you've done. Like uh, in the in the Fiorentina game, you know, you, yes. you kept chanting in the exactly. In the, you know, so this to... yes, so these are the same fans. So before saying to these people, the same people, these are children who have no idea what they're doing, and they are destroying the team, and they are protesting. They don't say these are the same people. So let's take everything into consideration before saying that these are children who protest all the time for whatever reason, okay? So mm -hmm. these are, you know, and then you can still, you know, these are the, this is the context, and then you can still say um, the protest is uh, exaggerated, undeserved. You know, I, I was there. You know, I'm not always on the side of the trust. I've, I've just told you, I've just told you that I'm not 100%, you know, the way they did it, I am not 100%. On their side, and uh, I might appear as the biggest supporters of the trust. I'm not, believe me, I'm not. I'm, we can maybe talk about this in the future. I'm not 100% on the side of the trust. I do believe that the way I define the trust is um, a, a necessary evil. That's yeah. how I usually describe them. And I think, but it's just like what I was saying before is that you don't follow anything unthinkingly, you don't blindly you follow it because. You're always going to have some things that go wrong with groups like 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 ultras, I think. Um, so the question I want to know is, full time, did that stuff happen? What do you mean? Did the did the ultra cheer for the team at full time against uh, Sassuolo, or did the protest continue? No, the protest continued. No, so one thing I want to mention, yeah, that, that's interesting. So um, again. Every goal 
the youth trust uh, again the sitting was divided so the the families and stuff they all celebrated the goals as usual you know nothing i mean they weren't really involved in the protest uh they didn't that's something i've seen in the past they didn't uh go against the protest so that's something which you can see sometimes inside the stadium because the the um the trust usually go very strongly against the Laurentis, which with very strong words, that's something which usually happens every year. Sometimes you have these uh, Tribuna fans and distinctive fans, they boo the boos, if you know what I mean, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the just chance the Laurentis, you are a son of a whatever. And uh, if it's a very strong and repetitive chant, the Tribuna fans, they boo the chant. Uh, that's peculiar. Uh, this time around, they didn't. Okay. So uh, I don't know if they didn't because, again, there weren't many fans in the tribuna or because, again, there was some kind of feeling that some kind of protest was needed. But, uh, yeah, so the, the goals were celebrated by the tribuna fans. Uh, they weren't celebrated by the Curva fans. And uh, after every goal, I think most of the goals, uh, the chant was... Uh, Unworthy, unworthy, unworthy uh, towards the players. Wow. Um, that's strong. Yeah. That's strong. Yeah, that, that, that is strong. Yes, I do agree. Um, again, it was very, you know, they went to the game with this in mind, you know, like we're going to yeah. do this, whatever happens, we're going to do this. Do you think that had an effect on the players? I think it in a, in a positive way. I think. Let me, let me, uh, no, I don't think so. I think they most of the time. Six. They scored six goals. No, most of the time, I think most of the time the players are kind of detached from yeah, the. So think about this: when the players are, when the stadium is full, they lose. Yeah. <laughs> when the stadium is empty, they win. When the well, stadium is empty with the protest, with a protest going on, they win six-one. I tweeted about this because it seemed to me watching it that you were the only person in the stadium, Michele. And yeah, so I, I, I was, think. Yeah. I think we should we should just have you in the stadium on your own for the whole of next season. <laughs> and maybe I can come a couple of times too. So this is yeah, but I think but so full time. Tell me tell me what happens full time. Full time, full time. The players took their lap of um however you wanna call it. Uh, all lap of, commas. <laughs> yeah, they took their lap around the stadium as usual. So that, that didn't change. Uh they went to Curva. I don't know what happened in Curva. I was too far away and there were too few uh fans to uh, really understand what went on but i think they still they either uh went ignored or they got some booze that's i think what happened in curva they got clapped by the distinti and then they, they came towards curva b they got booed by curva b so this is something interesting which happened in uh, curva b so they usually come quite close to curva b before going towards the dressing rooms and the, the tunnels which lead to the, the dressing room. This time around, they obviously sense that they didn't, they weren't welcome, right? Because yeah. usually when they come close to Kurabi, they either get clapped very loudly or, um, again, either they lose or win, they get clapped and the chance starts. You know, they like supporting chance starts, um, start in uh, Kurabi. This time around, they only got booed and uh, whistled and uh, I think some kind of protest chance started. I can't really exactly remember, but yeah, they got protested anyway. So they stayed far away. They still came towards Kurabi, but they didn't come too close. Okay. The first group of players. So they came 
they got protested and they didn't really do anything. They kind of like clapped towards, towards Kurva B, but really, really uh, like not too much. And then they went to the dressing room. Then the last three players, uh, it was like a second group of players, which was uh, a little bit far away, further away from the first group. Uh, the second group of players was Angisa Kulibali and uh, I think Osimen. was very recognizable. I think you might understand why. Uh, they came towards uh, Kurva B and uh, they came closer towards Kurva B. Kurva B. They came uh, basically as close as uh, the goal was, basically. Okay. And these guys, they came closer, so they got booed hard. It wasn't personal. It's just, mm. just that, I mean, obviously they got closer, so they were targeted a little bit more. Um, so something interesting happened. Since they got booed harder, and longer, we got a uh, uh, more, let's say, focused reaction from these players. Osimen and Angisa didn't really react. They looked at us and then they basically headed towards the dressing room. Kulibali didn't. So they kept on walking. They didn't stop. But Kulibali stared at us. So he looked at Kurabi. He didn't stop, but he looked at Kurabi very intensely. And that is really like I was looking at him because he it was it was a very sad moment for me. I think it was really sad because I love Kulibali, you know, like he and he loves us. Mm. But he got booed nonetheless, because again, you don't differentiate again between players. You know, when you protest, you protest. That's so, really interesting that so he's because obviously we love Kulibali and like Yeah, and usually I really hope he's gonna be the captain next season and all that right? kind of stuff. Yeah. But there's this collective sense, which again, so, I think can be quite difficult. You know, the, the UK, America, Canada, very individualistic countries, not much of a history of, of sort of collective action in those places. Apologies to historians across the world, but, you know, I'm generalizing <laughs> it. Um, but, you know, they are individualistic societies. Uh, Italy is slightly more complex than that. And so there is that sense of that collective behavior of the ultra extends even to a player as beloved as Kulabali because it's the shirt, it's not the player. Going back to what you were saying right at the yeah. beginning. Very so Yeah, they were, they were protested as a group. Like there were just three of them still, but they were protested as a group. But Kulibali was the only one with his head uh, high and he was looking at us. Like he looked at us, he stared at us for like, I think like a good 20 seconds while he was walking back towards the, the dressing room. And it was very intense. It was very intense because he is also one of the few players who always has this lap around the pitch. Whether we win or lose, he always stays in Kurva B to cheer with us after we win or to, you know, like after we lose, he always comes and uh, he gets the cheering or whatever after we lose. So he always... He's always there, you know, he's always there. He's a true leader in this sense. But and I he was looking that, at us. But the fact he stood up and and engaged with what must be a very difficult situation was, to deal with. It was very sad. He's such a leader. Il mio capitano. Come on, I don't sign know, that like, contract. It, yeah. It's hard for me to, like, well, I was looking at him because I was sad about it, but I was also trying to interpret his, his stare. Because how do you interpret it? I, I interpreted in a way as he was... I think he didn't fully understand. Hmm. Like in a way, I think he thought he was undeserved. 
That's okay. how I interpreted it. He was probably pissed it was off like, he'd won 6-1. He was, he'd he was angry. He was angry, I think. He was yeah. a little bit angry and he was like, why? Yeah. But it was a little bit confrontational, you know? Because yeah. it, was, it was too too strong of a stare, you know? Like he walked, they would like just stare at us. Stared at us and walked and stared at us and yeah, and like the boo continued the whole time. Like he stares and the booze and the whistle continues, you know? So yeah, it was very intense. It was very intense. And then, and then he approached the other sections after the Kura B and they clapped him and they cheered him because again, there was the tribune and he clapped them back. Okay. So there is this difference in, you know, how you... He was making You know what points. I mean? Yeah, yeah, it was... I think so. I think so. That, so there was... There was Intense. It was. I think it was very intense. It was a very intense moment. Do you know I don't what he think was, was saying it's to gonna you? Have... Do, you, do you know what you're saying to you, Michele? As, as a group, what? he was saying, what? go to work. He was saying, go to work. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> go to work as fans. Come on, we just won 6-1. Go to work. Don't boo me. Look at these people. They love me. Again, and like, one point I want to make is this protest took place for this game because there was nothing else to fight for come on let's be honest like yeah, yeah, yeah. every every protest takes place like every time you boo a team because it happens sometimes you don't boo it during the game you boo it after the game because when you have to like when the game when the team plays you support when the final whistle takes place then you show your discontent and obviously honestly come on guys napoli sassuolo mostly mostly uh pointless game let's be honest it was it would it would have taken a a complete disaster of an end of a season not to get qualified for champions league right but we have and that is good and we've talked about this before on the show now's not the episode to get too excited about that but i think um it's no, i'm still happy i'm still ha- no 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 well, absolutely yeah. it's it, again this is important too it wasn't a protest against the qualification in champions league everyone at the beginning of the season I think everyone, everyone agreed that our goal was, well, minimum top four, right? Yeah. But then again, most likely we're going to finish with fewer points than last season. And I think top we... four is better than a lot of what people were, were expecting to happen, to be honest. Uh, Maybe not I'm Napoli not... people, but people outside of the sort of Napoli fan base. But then again, if, if Milan wins the Scudetto... Are we are we worse than Milan? Can we actually say are we we are worse than Milan? That's a really good point. We're not worse than Milan. I think that's what hurts is that you've got a team that isn't better than us winning the Scudetto and you... having lived through those Juve years of all those near misses. That that does really hurt. And again, context is important. Yeah, on paper, it's great. We've qualified for the Champions League. We've talked in the past on the show about the the, the notte magiche of of some of our great greatest nights in recent times of being in that competition, um, even with teams that we don't like that much. Some of Ancelotti's best performances were in the; they were great nights. Did you read what Merton said? Yeah, it was really interesting, wasn't it? That's literally a hundred percent how I feel about the whole thing. But I think a lot of people saw that and went, mate, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. So do you want to just quickly summarize it for anyone that didn't see it, Michele? Yes. So Merton said, I'm the most disappointed I've ever been since I've joined Napoli. Yeah. And that's why you protest, guys. That's, that's, 
literally the reason for the protest. And uh, Spalletti said the exact opposite. Spalletti said, you know, goal achieved. Uh, everyone should be happy because we did what we should, despite saying for the whole season, our goal is the Scudetto. But that and was a the mistake. The, that was the Milan did that, talk about Scudetto. In yeah, he backtracked it now saying, I said what I had to say to motivate the team. <laughs> well, that went well. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was very interesting to me to see the dynamic between um, Mertens and Spalletti because Mertens said, I've never been that disappointed. Uh, then again, Mertens lived through the 91-point season. But he said, he said, this season has been the most disappointing because the team ahead of us aren't stronger than us. Yeah. And we had a lot of chances. We had the best chances to win the Scudetto this season, even compared to the 91-point season. Yeah. And we didn't. We didn't because of our mistakes. And Spalletti replied, I think we did the best we could. And if Merton said we did something wrong, he needs to blame someone. So who's blaming? He needs to name names. Ah, that was, that's interesting. That, that Trouble is, in paradise. That is strong. It What's your strong. feeling? Do you think um, Mr. Spalletti will, will be in charge uh, next season? What's your yeah, feeling? I think, I think they were very clear about that. The Rianti said Spalletti is the best manager I've ever hired. And uh, he has a big, He always says uh, long... that. He says that every single month. I agree. I agree. I don't want to go. I don't want to talk about Please. And uh, uh, yeah, so he, the Rianti said uh, Spalletti has a long contract. So he's going to say Spalletti said my future is here. So I'm going to say so what is to talk about. I'm not putting too much of this on Spalletti, to be honest. I think that there's quite a lot of what he's done was was important to the team, particularly in the first half of the season. And what he needs to work on is really clear. And I think we're also going to have quite a, a revolving door come the summer, but we're not that interested in the Mercato. We're going to talk about the team that's in front of us. And I think we're going to use the summer to talk about some of the broader issues that we've been mentioning, like sort of ultras. Uh, I mean, today is the anniversary of uh, Ciro Esposito's death. Uh, maybe we can do an episode about him. Yeah. Uh, it's also today's uh, Poch Pocho's birthday. It's Lavezzi's birthday today. Maybe we should yeah. do an episode about him as well. So, but um, but I I think as I said last episode there's some thinking to do in terms of recruitment and who we get in that dressing room to make sure this doesn't happen again. Anyway, I think that was really interesting. And I think I'm really pleased we, we, we put the focus on this in this episode. And this is an ongoing conversation with people. So like, please do, once you've listened, you know, respond to us, send some questions. If you want any more detail on, on what it's actually like to be a fan in Naples. And, you know, my mantra is always, there's no, right way to be a fan and like if if you're the sort of fan that wants to support the team no matter what fair enough mate absolutely but equally if if you're a fan that wants to protest i live in a country that's removing rights from the population to be able to protest um and it's something that i think is a, is a bad thing personally i think that we should be free to do that then i think that's also fine as long as you you get behind the shirt or you wear the shirt um that's that's the main thing for me um do you have a neapolitan phrase of the week michaela i do i do it's uh i think it's very appropriate and uh, i think it's also you know it um brings some questions too because i'm also we still have a home game to play 
So what's gonna happen there? I don't know. Are they are they gonna protest at that game too? Because mm-hmm. we literally, I mean, what what do we have to fight for? I mean, yeah, we, I want to finish ahead of Juventus, but that's mostly symbolic. Yeah, I think if we finish third instead of instead of fourth, we we earn an additional two millions in TV rights. That's yeah, yeah. that's not nothing, but that's yeah. Kind of I mean, let's symbolic. be honest, that's not what players go out on the pit. They're not going to go and do that, are they? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, the rent is scarce about money, but not that much. Yeah, we got the so, away game at Torino, haven't we? And then we're at home to Genoa. Yeah, we have three three games Spencer. left. But I'm very curious about the Genoa game at home because I, you know, like maybe maybe this protest was emotional. But the Genoa games will take place three weeks after the Empoli game. Yeah. So And it will be Insigne's last home game as well. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people will Yeah, I mean yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I'm it will be interesting. It will be it will be somewhat emotional because Insigne hasn't been Insigne is is loved in Napoli, despite what people believe. Insigne is loved. Um, the thing is that Insigne has somewhat disappointed people, but on a sportive level, you know, like he had a lot of expectations and come on, let's be honest, he didn't really live up to them too much. You well, can look at the numbers. He's, he's, yeah, he's, uh, got, he's still, he's, he's 10 plus 11 in all competitions, you know, so that's all right, isn't it? But yeah, I, you have to watch the games and you can see that something's not right. Anyway, sorry, the Neapolitan phrase, come on, come on, mechanic. The Napoleon faces the week is Adda passa annotata. In Italian, deve passare la nottata. In English, the night has to pass. The night will pass. The night will end, in a way. So, yeah, literally speaking, the night will pass. Metaphorically speaking means, you know, the night will end. The night, the better things will come. Indeed. It's a yeah, the it's a famous phrase. Uh, it's something which is very much used in Napolitan to mean that obviously when bad things happen, they will not keep happening forever. Eventually, they will end, and something better will will come. Um, we can use this to mean that obviously we have Champions League to look forward to, and I very much look forward to it. Very much, I can't wait to go to the stadium and listen to. The Champions League anthem, which I love so much. I think we can have actually an episode about the Champions League anthem because I can talk about we... Handel and how it's ripping off Zayd Zaydok the Priest, you know. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, or we can talk about the first time we qualified to Champions League in 2011. That would be that more was, interesting. I, I cried that time. It was Napoli Inter 1-1. I remember that. I was in a in a in a in a mall, actually. I watched that game in a mall with my girlfriend. <laughs> Sobbing in a mall. <laughs> and I cried. I cried. I cried. It was very emotional for me. Yeah. No, so, I yeah. remember that first season back. I mean, also for us that are not in Naples, it was a, a way of actually re-engaging with the team. It was just so much more easy to see Napoli. I remember I went to see Napoli play. I, I, I went to a pub and I could watch Napoli play. It was, for me, it was huge. Um, you know. So yeah, I agree. So I think I like huge. your choice of, of expression. And uh, and you know the you know the kind of tradition we have at the stadium that we all chant the 
the you know the Champions League anthem. Now it becomes a big tradition of screaming. You know the end of it. You know right the yeah, 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 the, yeah. and a lot of people don't know how that came to be. I don't know how the, that came to be. How did that come yeah. to be? That's for another episode. Oh, I my like dear, <laughs> my dear Henry. Yeah. We're doing well. We're trailing for. Oh, there's nothing we just. So after the game, you caught up with some of our listeners. Yeah, I didn't forget about that. I didn't forget about that. So yeah. So I mean, as I guess all of you know by now, I obviously uh, have an activity which helps people to get tickets for Napoli games and provides all around assistance to you know to make the most out of the match day experience and you know, generally. Uh, visit Napoli and stuff like a lot of stuff to be honest and uh, yeah so uh, it's it's uh, it gives me a lot of pleasure and it's very nice to meet people on match day to give ticket and to grab a beer and drink before the game and uh, even like before match days a few days before match day this time around I met with well, well a lot of people but I had the chance to grab a drink with uh, a few people uh, I grab a drink uh, and I wanted to give a shout out to podcast listeners. Specifically, yeah. I grab a drink with uh, 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 these people and I promised them uh, I would give them a shout out. And they, they didn't believe me. I don't know why. But here's to Franco Mottola. Uh, Franco Mottola, thank you so much for, you know, he's been a long time uh, follower of mine since 2018, since I've started doing this. Hey, so, Franco, Franco, nice uh, Franco I love you. And uh, thank you so much for being a follower. And it was a pleasure to meet you on, on Saturday. Uh, Franco and uh, his son, Freddy, uh, a real Freddy. pleasure. A real, yeah, a real pleasure. And uh, uh, then I met with, uh, at the same time, I, got, I, got, I grabbed a drink with Alexander Armiento. Uh, from Sweden, from the, hey. that was a, a real pleasure. Also, a podcast listener. Thank you so much, uh, Alexander, for uh, reaching out and uh, for listening. And uh, his friend Johan, who got introduced to the podcast by Alexander, and uh, he went back to uh, he, he listened to the la- latest episode. I think it was the Empoli episode, and then he liked the, the the podcast so much. Then he went back and listened to to He's all the other water. episodes. Yeah, wow. exactly. So well, Johan, I mean, people are listening to our show, Michele. What's going on? I don't know. I still can't believe that. To be honest, I enjoyed just recording the podcast. I enjoyed it so much just to talk talking to you. So when someone approaches me and says, "I actually enjoy listening to the podcast," oh, really, you are? Yeah, people actually listening to this. It's unbelievable. I just enjoy talking and and talking to Henry and just uh, you know like processing all my feelings to. Just by, by by talking to you, so just knowing that people actually enjoy listening to what I said, it's unbelievable. So yeah, but again, uh, Franco, Alexander, Johan, and uh, everyone else who listens to this, thank you guys so much for the feedback, for the comments. Uh, it's it's still it's very humbling, very very humbling to me and Henry. It's uh, absolutely amazing too. No, and it's. You know, hopefully I have to come over sometime and I can meet some of these people. So I don't want you getting all the praise, Michele. I need to, I need some love. I need to find it somewhere. But I, no, don't think some... so. I no, wish to be think... for myself. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it's fair enough. You're you're Mr. Napoli. Um <laughs> and there's been quite a lot of nice comments on Twitter and that feedback's always really, really welcome. But I mean today we've probably been talking about things that people don't agree with or they do agree with. Just let us know what what you what you think about today. Cause um 
and tell your friends. I love the idea that somebody told their friend and they start listening. That makes me really happy. So, yeah. So if you want to find Michele on Twitter, you go to at Napoli Tickets. If you want to find me, you go to at Henry Bell Calcio. And this has been the ninth episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio, which is part of the Far From Vesuvius network at Far From Vesuvius. Um, thank you very much for listening. And Forza Napoli. Sempre. Oh,